This is Leafs Lake. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Well, the season is officially over. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Leafs Late Kadri's Night. a champion, baby. <laughs> that he is. Nazem Kadri, Kale McCarr, Nate McKinnon, and company have hoisted the Stanley Cup. It is Leafs Late Night number 82. That is a full season worth. How appropriate that the season ends with this episode. Um, I apologize if my voice starts to go. I think I have COVID again. Uh, we had our <clears throat> our rap party on, on Friday night, and we all got an email that somebody uh, tested positive. So I think I might have COVID. Things happen. It does. Yeah. You you hanging out with Batman? Or... Yeah. So good transition. Uh, Gary Bettman missed handing out the Stanley Cup because he too uh, has COVID or might. How weird it's, the end of a tradition honestly like i it's just weird like it's it's strange to not have him be a part of that um that's all i don't know i don't really have much to say other than that i don't miss him <laughs> did anybody ever miss him really like, no. no no offense no genuine offense to the guy but all he does is get booed like that's what i was i was kind of razzing at there with saying it's an end to a tradition <laughs> the guy's been booed as he handed out the Stanley Cup for like 16 years. He's booed every time he shows his face. Honestly, it's like he's he could be there or not. It doesn't make a difference to me. Um, but now, re- should should no, sorry ahead. theoretically shouldn't there be a different noise? Like instead of booing, shouldn't they be like howling like a coyote? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, but just because we haven't gotten to talk about it, um, there's too many men on the ice call from. Uh, Oh my gosh, what is it now? Game four? It's been so long. We missed a couple of these. What was your thought on that? Because I have my own, but I want to hear yours first. So, ultimately, I loved the outcome. Let's just say that. Because there is something, and I'm deep down, I'm probably an asshole for thinking like this. But there is something genuinely rewarding and satisfying seeing Corey Perry lose three straight Stanley Cups with three different teams. Oh, I know. In the final. The only one that I feel bad for is Patrick Maroon. Four would have been awesome. I I don't. Are you kidding me? Joe Dirt can go eat it. Not as a like, person, just that'd be cool to be just there in the background of four straight Stanley Cups. I guess, but the key word there is background, right? Oh yeah. I'm not saying he's contributing like <laughs> that much, but you know, I just um, I think it's a cool accolade. Oh, definitely. The fact that even just to make four straight is pretty incredible. No kidding. Um, but with regards to the call, yes, okay, technically it's a penalty. Um, I think the Avs benefited by how deep in his own zone Byram was because Kemper had the outlet pass out, so Byram was still basically back at the goal line. Fair. That... If he 
if Byram was in the line of sight of the last official, I think it probably would have been called because then it would have been blatantly obvious. But as a lot of people pointed out, Tampa had seven people on the ice at that point. (laughs) This type of change happens all the time. All the time. And if you look at the ISO camera of the bench, Kadri even waited. It's not like he hopped on and booked it to the other side of the, the ice to accept a pass. Like he waited, I don't know if it was three, four seconds when he hopped on the ice before he even left the side of the bench. So I don't think there was any ill intent on it. I think it was just one of those, it's the playoffs. These guys have been playing hard hockey for a month and a half, two months. And, you know, if you're not trying to cheat, you're not winning, right? Like, really, Honestly. that's what it all comes down to. Look at Tampa yelling at the refs. Like, what was John Cooper saying to the ref as the period was starting there? Right? We all saw it on Hockey Night in Canada. What was Pat Maroon, like, just losing his mind about? Like, okay, yeah, there was a trip, but there's there's non-calls all the time. The last three, four games of this series, actually, well, the last three for sure, have been, like, <laughs> schoolyard rules. Like, your buddy's out on the streets. It, it hasn't been anything like the rest of the playoffs have been called. No, and I think, I mean, you said it better than I could have, but, like, it comes down to this happens every single game. Uh, this is just how line changes happen. They're not perfect. Uh, it's, you know, one of the only games where people are changing on the fly. Like, it's just, it's how this happens. If they were going to call it all the time, there would be a too many men call every game, but somehow the Leafs still managed to get a too many men call every game. I don't, that's the thing that bothers me is what is the difference between this argument and why the Leafs get one every game? Like how bad is it? Are they like getting warnings saying, Hey, your last five line changes have been pretty sloppy. Next one we're calling And like, what is happening to them? Because by this logic, they shouldn't get this many but it means that they're actually blowing it and having six guys in the play. I think with now I haven't broken down any, any of the ones that have been against the Leafs. Me neither. I'm just trying to, but I do know there has, there was a handful of times watching Leaf games over the season that I've said, "Eh, you know, you got to be careful. You're going to get one here. So I don't know if it's just someone's out of sync whether it's the D coach, whether it's Sheldon, whether it's the players themselves too eager to try to get out there. Everybody's just kind of got, I get maybe, maybe even some instances a little more patient, right? Right. Wait for your guy to get there. There's, there's like an invisible area, three, four feet in front of the bench that it's kind of, okay, you know what? If they're in this area, we're, we're not going to call it unless the puck physically hits you. I found out it's actually five, but they, they don't call it. It's five feet that is apparently the the dead zone where if you're in that area, you are considered not on the ice. So depending on the ref, exactly. That, right. That's what it's supposed to be. But um, so to bring it back to the Stanley Cup, because I mean, it did just happen. Is Corey Perry a bad luck charm? Is mm. he? <laughs> I mean, he very well maybe. He's never won a cup, has he? With Anaheim in 07. Oh, right. They did finally pull one off. Yep, that that was his first or second year. Him and Getzlaff came in. They were, I think they were the third line with uh, Dustin Penner, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Throwback. Yeah. 
Tamu Solani, Andy McDonald. So uh, I called this series Tampa in five, and I was horribly wrong. Um, you, however, made a much better call, <laughs> which was what, Justin? Uh, I called Abs in six, and I actually, before the series started, I placed a couple couple dollars down on Abs in six and on Makar for the Smythes, so I made a little money tonight, Look at so that's you. not too bad. Look at you. Good call there. I, I will come out and say I was way too chicken shit to place a lot of money, so I only placed, I think, five bucks on each, and I'm coming out with 60, I think. Nice. So it's not, it's not a ton of money, but hey, I'll take it. It's pretty good. Okay, um, so let's bring it back around. We were talking about some uh, some coaching there with the Leafs and the line changes. It just reminded me. With uh, Steve Briere fired from the, or at least let go from the Leafs organization, and the Leafs kind of in goaltending limbo, what do you think happens first? They hire a goaltending coach or they sign a goalie? Or does it happen at the same time? You know, they they bring somebody in with their person. I think this is basically me sitting so far on the middle of the fence that post is sticking up my ass. But um, I think think that... uh, it's probably going to depend on who they're targeting. Like if you're going, if you're targeting someone, I don't know, like not saying I'm saying they're going to get them, but if you're targeting a John Gibson, you're going to want to basically give him free reign. Say, Hey, do you want a specific coach? Do you want a coach who's technical, who's theoretical? What do you want? So, and if that's the, the area they're trying to go to someone like Gibson, I think they get the goalie first. So but if they're going, no, sorry, sorry, finish um, off. If they're going to try to like pry Huso out of St. Louis or a couple of people said maybe Blackwood from New Jersey or, you know, one of the younger ones that's maybe not, not it's still a little bit raw. Then maybe they try to find the next Mitch Corn or the next one of the Alaire, or yeah, the Alaire brothers, like that next goalie guru coach, right? I can't believe you just know goalie coach names off the top of your head, <laughs> and you list, <laughs> you say them as the oh, you're you know you're these guys as though they're names that everybody knows. But thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Mitch Corn <laughs> is is legendary as a goalie coach. He he basically helps uh, the Predators stay relevant for a long time with Vokun and Renee. Um, and I think he was still there when Saros got there. Um, and then the Alaire brothers, they, if I'm not mistaken, they worked with Wah when he was young. I know they helped Jaguar a lot um, when he was with the Mighty Ducks. And they've been all over the league. Hmm. Um, I actually, I was driving out to the cottage one weekend and I passed this place in the middle of nowhere. And it was, no, it wasn't the cottage of some somewhere out in the middle of nowhere near Ottawa though. And uh, there was this place that was, it was golden something. It was a goalie school though. And I looked it up online and on their website, they list their alumni as Henrik Lundqvist and Robin Leonard. So they must have locations elsewhere in the world, but like this goalie school is apparently crazy. I'll have to find it um, here. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's golden something, but see if you can find it. Um, but back to the Leafs, I think it kind of gives them 
a lot of free reign here with looking for a goalie because they don't have a goalie coach because you kind of have that that pitch to potential free agents where it's like hey you know if you come here we'll sign whoever you like or whoever you want to work with that's going to you know benefit you the most you're not tied into whoever we currently have and i mean with mlse you have the money to throw at whoever you want for that position so i think it's kind of a plus right now um gold in net or gold in the net yeah goalie development summer camp yeah that sounds like it sorry i literally just googled it here it's awesome awesome radio i know Uh, you know doing things live (laughs) this is why we it's not even on the notes um but also the picture the photo was shared in our group chat there um double a is in toronto Artur Aktiamov was uh, in town with his agent. Yeah, so um, not really any news around other than he was here. So hopefully it means that they're they're going to get more reps in with him and hopefully sign him soon. I don't know what's going on there, but it's, it's looking better than, you know, not hearing anything about him. It's It's a little, I find it a little interesting how early he's here. I mean, he's 20. Is that early? Well, no, I'm sorry. I mean, in, in like in the calendar year. Type oh, thing. okay. Because, well, for goal, he's actually 20 is a little early. Um, but like rookie camps, prospect camps. Now I don't have any set dates and I know everything's been kind of skewed because of COVID, but normally you're not looking until middle or end of July. Yeah. And they're, wasn't there a whole rule where they're not allowed to use their money to like fly people over to use their facilities in the off season because it's like flexing money that other teams can't use some stupid rule like that. I can't remember the exact wording of it and I should know it. Shame on me. Um, I don't think they're allowed to, to outwardly pay for it but the facilities are there. So if the player could get there type thing, yeah. If, if I remember correctly, I like they can't say, it. Hey, yeah, we're going to pay for your plane ticket and your hotel and come and train. But Hey, it's here. This is the address. We have a locker for you and gear. If you happen to show up <laughs> uh, and your agent sends a bill in five years and you know, it goes to whatever, you know, things happen. I really, really want him to, to step up, not just because I'm a Leaf fan and I want them to have an answer in that that's not going to cost them an arm and a leg, but just for the fact of trying to hear all these announcers pronounce <laughs> his name. Hey, if they can get, I mean, what was the other one? Askarov? Askarov is easy. That's... The Carolina rookie was pretty good. P- Piotr Kochetkov. Whoa. Who, uh, by the way, another good segue. Calder Cup champion with Chicago Wolves. Hey, nice. That was also on when I was at the bar the other night. Yeah. And uh, two former Leafs won it. Josh Levo? Josh Levo and Richard Ponick. Nice. Levo being named the Jack A. Butterfield Award winner for playoff MVP. Oh, nice. That's cool. Good for him. 15 goals and 14 assists for 29 points in 18 games. Oof. Oh, also uh, Stanley Cup winner, ex-Leaf, Darren Helm. Wasn't he a Leaf? Helm, no, Helm won the Cup with uh, the Red Wings in 08, but I don't think he was ever a Leaf. 
Maybe I'm just thinking of uh, the countless The fact that, that everybody leaves the Leafs and does better? Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I've, I had it in my head that he was a Leaf. Maybe I'm wrong in imagining things. I don't know. It could just be the <laughs> COVID brain. <clears throat> nope, Red, Red Wings and Avalanche. Ah, COVID brain. Blame it on that. So... Bergeron back in Boston. Let's just jump into something new here. Apparently signing for another year. Uh, what do you think is the current status of the Boston Bruins? Because before this season started, I said it was the end of an era. And that's kind of how their season seemed to end. Was it seems like this is the end of the current team in its, you know, current iteration. We've got the coach fired. We've got Krejci's gone. You know, all these guys are in limbo. Char is gone. What do you think? As much as I really, really want it to be an end of an era, because being a Leaf fan, I have a lot of hatred towards the Bruins over the last <laughs> five to ten years. Um, I th- I think they're they're kind of slowing it down because you listen to to anyone, to people on TSN, to Sirius XM, to people on Hockey Night in Canada, doesn't matter. People have been calling for this for the last two, three years. That every year, this is the year the Bruins take a step back. Yeah. And they haven't. Now, this year they didn't have Rask, which I think hurt them a ton. Not that Swayman's not going to be good. Swayman's going to be a very, very competent goalie. Um, but I mean, they're not the Rangers who stumble into, uh, you know. Sh- yeah, Shesterkin. <laughs> After losing Longquist. <laughs> right go from one Hall of Famer to another future one. Yeah, crazy. Um I I think Bergeron coming back is just kind of going to delay the inevitable. And that's see, that's me... how I feel too is it's like can we not just hang this up and and start something new and build around somebody else because it feels like they're just letting these guys run the show. Part of me wonders, but this is how can I best describe it? This would be like Mo, you know, when Riley's contract's up. Okay, that's a good way to put and, it. And he says, hey, I want to come back for one more year. You let him come back. Like, it's – the guy's done so much. Like, Bergeron has done so much for the Bruins. As much as I despise them, he has been one of, if not the best, two-way centers in the NHL for <laughs> – I, what was it? Better part of a decade. 203. Oh, more than a decade. Well, I mean that he's been the best, but yeah. Yeah. Well, just the better part of the decade, he's had the offensive numbers to go with it. We can put it that way. Um, so we, at that point you just hand him a checkbook and say, yep, you know, cause he's not going to want 10 million. Just, I mean, he never did. No, you, you, you want to come back. It's yours. You have a Jersey and a stall as long as you want it. Um, so that's how I look at that, but part of me, me going into conspiracy theories here, part of me wonders if maybe this is, Hey, do you think you want to come back for another year? Oh yeah, maybe. Oh, you know, if you do, it could kind of talk us into maybe smoothing over things with pasta and he might stay. (laughs) And maybe bring, bring Krejci back because, uh, for some reason that's in the discussion again. Well, if, if you've still got game and you've just played 10 years, however long Krejci was in the league, in the best league in the world, 
and you feel like you're borderline that you can still do it, and then you go and play in a lower league, no offense to the league you went and played in, but it's not even close to the NHL. So you go and play in a league like that, and then all your former teammates are like, hey, come back, come back, come back. It's got to put the doubt in your mind. Like, did I? should I really have left? Did I really need to leave when I did? Could I have one more year in me? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just had to check. Um, this is not our 82nd. This is our 83rd episode. I'm really bad at keeping track. <laughs> Since we've switched um, platforms, the other one told me what our last one was. Every time I post them, this one doesn't. And it's annoying. Um, so kind of moving on from... Okay, so here here was kind of what I wanted to end on with Boston. Is that <clears throat> this this trio of... Pasta and Marshawn and Bergeron obviously have been running things there for so long that it's hard to kind of let the next team take over when they're still playing well. Like they're, they haven't fallen right off yet and they're not paid that much either. Like they only make in the five, $6 million range per year. Um, A team that is kind of in a similar situation of letting a couple guys run the room. um, But not having similar success would probably be the Winnipeg Jets who forced their coach midseason to just literally step away from hockey because the room was just not working. Nobody was uh, hearing him. He needed to just take a break from everything and focus on his family. And everyone thought, okay, we won't see Paul Maurice for a while. And then uh, he takes a job with the Florida Panthers. So my deduction from that is, are the Jets just that awful? (laughs) Like not as not awful players, but like awful to work with that. He literally had to step away. And then he's like, you know what? I don't hate hockey. I just hate those guys. I think that Sorry, Jets now fans. <laughs> are we though? No. Are we after their reaction to a, what was it? A game in October or November? Um, and Pierre like, Dubois is apparently uh, testing free agency. So which, okay. As an old, I know that was a, I would, sorry. I know that was a really long-winded way to get into this, <laughs> but it kind of frames the whole discussion here. And I had to try to segue it off of Boston. That was the best I could do. You're welcome, COVID brain. As an like, I would consider myself an old-school hockey fan. Hearing a player come out and say, "No, I'm not going to resign. I want to test the free agency." To me, it's almost blasphemy. But then, I kind of remember, like, no, this this is something they negotiate for. Like, you get a player that's drafted in the league, so from 17, 18 years old until their most cases, 27 or 28, 10 years of their life, they have no control over where they need to live and work. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the way it is. They get millions of dollars, yada, 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 boo-hoo, blah, blah, you know, whatever you want to say. But that's reality. If you are a player who is a good enough player that you know you're going to get a contract. If there was any any question whether or not a team would have interest in him, okay, maybe you're overplaying your hand. But if you know you have a spot on a team and you're not really bothered by which team it is, use it. It's a negotiating tool in the collective bargaining agreement there for the players. Because you know damn well the GMs use every tool in their book. Of course. So... I, I try to, at, at first, it's always like, oh, how can he say that? But it's it 
it makes sense. It's there. Use it. If you're not 100% satisfied with the situation you're in, absolutely. Now. See, I get that. (laughs) That's like the hockey perspective on it. I'm looking at the, the conspiracy theorist hockey fanatic take on this, which is there's something toxic going on with the Jets and it is pushing everybody out. And there are a couple people that are still at the center of this that seem to be totally okay and calling all the shots. And uh, it rhymes with uh, one of them rhymes with dark my flea. <laughs> um, from from an outside perspective, as a coach, Winnipeg, from manage ownership to management down to the coaching level. Winnipeg would probably be one of, if not the most ideal places you'd want to go. It's a market that has a ton of fans, so you're never going to have to worry about playing in an empty building. It's a market that is basically designed and built around stability. There's nowhere better to be in Winnipeg than inside. (laughs) This is true. Um, (laughs) Because when they came back, they didn't want, okay, a coach here, coach there, coach here, coach there, GM here, GM there. Like, Paul Maurice was pretty, if I'm not mistaken, he was there from the get-go. Yeah, it hasn't Shovel Day Off been there since the beginning? Yep. Okay, fair. Yeah, they, they don't change anything. No, because they wanted that stability. They wanted try, to try to build something stol- solid. Pardon my word salad there. Um, Ooh, and the more word salad. I've... Yes. We got a word salad bar going here at Leafs Light Night. Apparently. Um, but yeah, you look at the players and you wouldn't have thought it was someone like Shifley because any, now it was an interview and he's talking to media, but anything you saw or heard about Shifley was he's a hockey guy, he's a hockey nerd, he eats, sleeps, breathes, lives the game. But something there isn't right. And some some reports have heard it's it's Wheeler. Because, you know, even, even Wheeler was drafted by the Bruins. And they moved him fairly quickly to the Thrashers. Did they yep. see did they see something in his first, you know, year, two years in the organization? They said, Nope, we don't want this guy in our room. And I think it's, it can be a combination of people. I mean, if if he's kind of a, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to judge people. I don't know these guys at all. But if he's got a questionable character and, you know, so does somebody like Shifley and you put them together and they're the leaders, then, yeah, they're going to enable each other. And this is what happens. So, again, I'm just speculating. I don't know anything, but this is just what we can take from kind of what's gone on over the last 12 months with that team. It's, it's almost like ever since Shifley took that suspension in the playoffs. Yeah, really. Everything just went completely downhill. And I don't know if it's because he looked like an axe murderer. Like that look in his eyes was like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. It was just, (laughs) it was, it was ridiculous. Like Marky's home. Oh, it it was the, the look on his face was almost scary. Uh, um, okay. So moving, moving, moving on some interesting news. Um, speaking of 
uh, Calder Cup. Not speaking of, no, I was just reading, sorry, I was reading something that you wrote in your notes here. I'm so lost, man. I'm sorry. Speaking um, of MVP. MVP. Did we not talk about Matthews in the last one? Uh, no, we didn't. No, that was before. Yeah, because it was That was Fathers you and Darty, and that was before the trophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Austin Matthews, congratulations. Winning not one, but two trophies in the uh, Art Ross and... Uh, and the heart, which I, I will say, I I kind of thought he was going to get the heart because of the season he had, scoring sixty, and there's no there's no way to deny what he means to the team. Um, and then like pretty much everybody in the hockey world, I assumed that the Ted Lindsay was going to go to McDavid because McDavid is an incredible player. Ted Lindsay, not Art Ross. Sorry, I'm fucking. <laughs> I knew, when I said it, I was like, it's definitely not, but um, one day he'll get a Ross. He just doesn't have it yet. Um, I'm Ross. Yeah. To be, to be, <laughs> to be voted. Welcome to Leafs late night. COVID best episode. player in the league by your peers. Like that's incredible. That's got it. No, no player will ever say it because of the hockey. Oh, you know, I'm not, this isn't the trophy I want, yada, yada, yada. But to win that trophy has got to be special. Yeah. And honestly, when it came to the heart, I thought getting knocked out in the first round, I know it's based on regular season, but I thought the fact that McDavid and Shesterkin both went on in the playoffs, that it would just kind of have that bias that they had better seasons because, you know, just recency bias. I thought that would have hurt Thankfully, the votes have to be in before the playoffs. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then that changes it. <laughs> now, if he wouldn't have made the playoffs, he wouldn't have even been in the top three because, you know, that at some point over the last 10 years, it was just decided that if you don't make the playoffs, you can't win the heart. Interesting. That's stupid because it has nothing to do with the playoffs. Absolutely There's a separate nothing. one for the playoffs. Yep. <sighs> well, congratulations, Othan. Othan. Othan Matthews. <laughs> Othan Matthews. Congratulations to Othan Matthews. Mike Tyson his, in the house, everybody. On a, congra- congratulations to Mike to Austin Matthews on his trophies tonight. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to keep doing that voice. <laughs> did you uh, Did you hear Keenan on his on his uh, sign off though at the awards? So, yeah, con- yeah. Nice to see the Leafs win something in June. Fuck you. <laughs> I did. Ugh, that hurt. It hurts when it's from, you know, like the person doesn't care about hockey and even they can make fun of the Leafs. It's like, is this what it is? It's like, it's now just in the, in the universe that, oh yeah, the Leafs, Leafs can't win the cup. Leafs suck. Have you ever watched them? No, nah, I don't watch hockey, but I know the Leafs suck. It's it, some things get, get like that though, right? Like look at the Cubs. Yeah, but. That's baseball. This is hockey. They don't give a shit about hockey in like 60% of the states. Well, yeah, but anywhere outside of America doesn't give a shit about baseball. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but America's, you know what I mean? Like if they're the the driving force of most like of the culture that we uh, as Canadians 
take in. It's just, it's weird that that's crossed over even into just everyday American comedy is just, yeah, the Leafs suck. Ugh, it's a pain in the ass. This is true. <clears throat> um, interesting news though. Dan Bilsma, uh, Bilesma, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, announced Bilesma. Okay. Who mysteriously just kind of disappeared from the NHL one day was announced as the new head coach of the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Um, I, like probably many, learned through this that Coachella is a place and not just a music festival. I guess it is where it happens. It's in California. Uh, apparently, there's a bunch of California AHL teams now. But uh, yeah, they are going to be the Seattle Krakens AHL affiliate. The Seattle what? Kraken. Kraken? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> cool whip. <laughs> yeah, the, there, there's been a big push over the last couple years for NHL teams to try to have their AHL affiliate fairly close to where they are, right? But like, why didn't they bring back Portland then? This is true. Maybe because of the WHL team there. Okay, fair. But yeah, California seems to be a new hotbed for uh, AHL hockey. I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, speaking of new arenas, though. It's finally happening. Le Breton Flats. Da, 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 da. Um, Le Breton Flats is finally getting turned into the new, uh, apparently, the new Ottawa Senators Arena. Woohoo! Only took, uh, no, I'm not going to say it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It took a series of things happening for this deal to finally come to fruition. A series of unfortunate events. Let's call it that. So uh, now you can hop off at uh, Pimacy Station, Station Pimacy, and just walk to the game. Because there's an O-Train station there. Because it's in town. <laughs> like, this is just, it's such a, a boost. I know this is what everybody's been talking about, and I know if you don't live in Ottawa, this means little to nothing. But uh, for context, this is, if you've ever been here, it's by the War Museum. If you've ever been to Blues Fest, it's where that happens very accessible uh you can probably walk downtown from there but you can hop on transit really easily you can hop on the o train right into the market from there it probably takes five to seven minutes um it's not a parking lot zoo surrounded by uh car dealerships there's plenty of places to go i don't know it just it makes so much more sense oh my god and as as much as i don't like the senators it feels like me ripping on teams tonight um it's it's good for them and it's good for the league like you can't have a battle of ontario without the sense and it's pretty it's it's pretty much embarrassing the attendance issues they have in yeah. the capital of canada for nhl hockey well, and speaking of Battle of Ontario, it, even over to Montreal, it puts their stadium right on the border with Gatineau. Like, literally, the War Museum is closer to Gatineau than it is anything in Ottawa, basically. Like, you could throw a rock to Quebec from there uh, if you were strong enough. If you were Austin Matthews, you could throw a rock to Gatineau from there. 
Um, so yeah, I think wouldn't that... need to throw it. He can put it in a rocket. Ooh, baby! Nice one. Bow, 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 bow. Got uh, two of them. But you, um, I think you get a lot of the Montreal fans that way. Assuming people in Gatineau are Montreal fans, I don't know. Probably are. A lot of Ottawa <laughs> people are too, but that just comes with the, the age of both of the teams, the Leafs too. Anyway, hopefully this happens before I uh, am not living in Ottawa anymore in a couple of years. If that happens, I don't know. We'll see. What else happened? Oh, other news out of Ottawa. Um, a little heavier. Hockey Canada had their funds frozen by the government because they are a branch of the government. Technically, they're funded by public funds, funded by funds. So good tonight, guys deserve an award. Um, So until they sign up with a government branch to handle um, oversight of abuse allegations, they will not get any more money from the government, which seems kind of like a really smart idea and kind of should have been going on in the first place. Anytime people handle things internally, it's not a good idea. See Chicago Blackhawks, see the military, see the government themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the whole scenario has been pretty alarming that something like that could go this long without having any any info of it leak out, right? And the, the potential that some of these players could now have been in the NHL for a couple of years or whatnot right like and not only that but they in this report they said that they handle one to two of these per year yep what yeah it's it's pretty alarming yeah very and um i mean obviously it shows that there's a uh, age and out of touchness or not age but like you know just a lack of education towards um i don't know how to word this properly but you know what i mean they're out of touch the leadership at hockey canada and um i mean not to kind of move on from something as heavy as this but there's not much else we can say until more info comes out but it also extends to the fact that like they're not producing the same volume of stars that they used to like there's a lot like hockey canada's really taken a dive as a whole in the last you know, 10 years. And I think uh, if this is going to kind of kickstart pushing them in the right direction and maybe force a change of, uh, of direction and uh, directors, then I don't know, maybe it'll help, but the U S is starting to kick our ass, man. Everyone really like before you wanted, if you were going to draft a goalie, you wanted a Canadian goalie because there was a run of incredible hall of fame goalies coming out of Canada and then now it's if they're not Russian or or finished, you, you don't even want to give them a second look, right? Like basically, there was maybe a little too much complacency. Yeah, it was just no. assumed, you know, ah, Canadians were good at hockey. Let's just keep putting yep. them through. They're always going to be good. Sidney Crosby, McDavid. Look, we've been doing this. We do this. This is what we do. Yep, uh, and, and and they can continue to pump out the generational talents here and there. But that's not that's not going to be a, a guaranteed path to success, right? You need players up and down the lineup. And when it comes to international competition, 
you have countries that are a lot smaller who have smaller populations who are catching up really fast. Yeah. And I think, uh, especially when you see the way that the cap structured, people are looking for creative ways to fill out their lineup and you see them reaching over into other leagues and signing people from overseas. So look, it's just the way that the game is headed and, uh, hockey Canada has got to step it up if they want to keep their dominance on the game. I mean, not that the world stage for hockey is really there anymore because the NHL refuses to send anybody, but you know, they'll always be the, uh, Oh my God, who went the Jordan Stahl and uh, what was the other guy that was trying out for the Leafs that we kept asking for? That Joshua never... Hosang. Josh Hosang, who never played. <laughs> Can we talk for a second about that? How Josh Hosang was trying out for the Leafs for an entire year and never played. And that was it. <laughs> like was yeah the amount of people that we put into this lineup before we even thought about giving it to Josh Hosang. I do not understand. I think part of it might have been contract related. Oh but... yeah, because didn't he have to like go through waivers before they could sign him? Well, he yeah, he only had an AHL deal. He didn't have an actual NHL contract. Right, right, right. So it was it was a really weird scenario all, all around. Um, part of me was a little shocked that it, nothing ever came of it. I think that's where I sit with it is like for a while it was like, I get why not this minute, but the season is now over and I'm just now reminded like, oh yeah, that was a thing and it never happened. Like we yeah. just kept hearing good things about him. Meanwhile, we literally reached to the bottom of the barrel to fill some of these positions some nights with the amount of injuries that happened this year. Yeah, it's, if you all you wonder if there's something there too right like there was all the rumors of him maybe not being the most committed and part of me wonders if if some of that is Lamorello since yeah. Lamorello was on the island you know a couple for a couple of these instances and yeah, it, it's so weird because he, he said all the right things, you know, that he was thankful for Dubis giving him the shot. He was loving playing in his hometown. It's See, when it comes from him like that, it sounds like uh, he was getting the no from the team and he's just saying, like, you know, thanks for the opportunity, kind of. Like, he just wasn't getting there for them. Because if they yeah. were saying, you know, we really appreciate what the kid's doing, he's almost there, then I would kind of read it differently, but... No, that's a fair point. Yeah. Okay, so fun news. Um, for some reason, because Russia, Alex Ovechkin <laughs> signs a one-day contract with Dynamo Moscow. And uh, in his one-game debut, scores a goal. And from where else but his own office? If you drew the circles from a hockey rink onto a soccer pitch... Ovi would have scored from exactly where he scores every other fucking goal in his entire career. And I do not understand how he managed to do that in a soccer game. Like, there's no way he could have set that up. It just happened that way. And it is just the gods of sports at work. Like, that was just something that they were like, you know what? You you guys need this. This is fun for a change. They even 
more humorous part of all of this is if you watch the clip he scored he celebrated and then it's focused in on him as he's kind of walking away afterwards and he is so gassed like so gassed (laughs) huffing and puffing and then someone else showed another clip and it, it was just like how they were laughing at how large he looks out there and it's true one of the one of the players tried to get the ball from him and just bounced off him Oh, he's massive compared to some of the players that were out there. It just shows how you have to be built differently for different sports, right? Like for soccer, you got to be able to run for 60 to 90 minutes, right? Like you're not getting subbed yep. off unless you get hurt or, you know, it's the end of the game or something. Meanwhile, Ovi gets to be big enough that he can burn it all in, what, 35 seconds and then hop back onto the bench again, maybe. He stays out there. Yep. What if it's a power play? He's probably out there for two minutes, but that's the most. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy different. Wild. And then baseball, you can be two hundred pounds or three hundred pounds. Yeah, because they'll pull you out and put a runner in for you. Just smash it over the wall, and you won't have to worry about running. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to do. No biggie. On that note, though, I remember when Vlad came into the uh, the league for the Jays, and I was like, how is this guy going to run? And now I see him, I'm like, do not get in this guy's way. He will plow through you. This guy has really, really gotten into shape and come into his uh, his own and is quite the superstar. I haven't caught a lot of Jays games, but man, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's, he's going to be, hopefully we can keep him. He's going to be around for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, really freaky i saw him uh he hit the exact same amount of home runs and had the same rbi um number in the same amount of games as his dad did at the same amount of games it was crazy it's rigged no rigged all sports are rigged get over it (laughs) (sighs) all right what do we uh what do we close this off with here Anything interesting Leaf-wise or hockey world-wise? What's going on? Well, I'm maybe this is just me being me, but I'm almost a little nervous that no one no one that talks about the Leafs has brought up Miko Kokkinen, um, defense prospect for the Leafs. We got him in the third round, 84th overall in 2019. And the kid set a record. I think he was 14, 15 when he played his first game in the Liga over in Finland. Like he set a record for being the youngest player to ever skate in that league. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. And he's been like, it's not like he's Bobby Orr or anything like that, but he's been good in that league over there. He came over in 2021. He ended up playing 11 games for the Marlies. He had seven points. Oh, okay. In 11 games. So it's not like it's horrible. I Um, never know how to translate AHL numbers over. It's so weird. It's it's so difficult. And we've touched on it before because everybody's just trying to get noticed, right? So Mm -hmm. even if it's not a high percentage chance, you're going to try it. Because if it goes in, then it's going to hit every highlight reel and people are going to see you. So like everyone's talking about basically every other defensive prospect the Leafs have. Rubens, um, uh, Dahlstrom, what was the guy's name we got from Chicago? Chris? Kriggs? Um, You name it. No one's mentioned 
Kakanen. Like, I, for one, really, really hope that he has a good camp and he could be, he could be an answer to our Justin Hall problem. Yeah, and I mean, in a situation where you're trying to move on probably from Jake Muzzin's contract as well as Justin Hall's, I mean, look, that's $7.5 million. If you're filling out even one of those spaces with somebody on a league min, that's uh, that's going to free up some money to hopefully, you know, give you a piece that makes a difference somewhere, whether it's on defense or it's a goalie or whatever. But I think they have enough prospects that they can hopefully get some real production out of them and use those instead of fishing around for uh, another Kasha comp bunting uh, steal, you know, because, you yeah. know, you don't, you don't win like that every off season. Mm-hmm. And like they weren't all nope. wins. We had to dump Richie off somewhere too. So, And we have um, William Villeneuve who is currently with the St. John sea dogs in the Memorial mm-hmm. cup. Um, they made the final. So, we can cheer on him and hopefully another leaf prospect can win another trophy. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully we, yeah. Sorry. Like, no, just as much as everybody's all doom and gloom, the Leafs, you know, no cap space. They need to sign this player, this player, this player, like the prospects we have, there's a lot of them out there and a lot of them people aren't even talking about like, like Miko Kakanen. And I, I could be made to look like a fool. He could, you know, never play a game in the NHL. That's very, very possible. Or but, he gets traded because they're trying to get people not attached to him. Yeah. But, like, and, and we've mentioned him before. Ty Voigt, you got Mikhail Abramov, you got, obviously, Nikki Bobby, you got Semyon Diragochinsev, you have Bobby McCann, um, Steves, Dmitry Ovechnikov. Ronnie Hervinen. Um, I don't anticipate seeing Amirov on any type of professional ice surface in the next year, but Topping Niemela. Yep. Oh yeah, Niemela as well. I, I think Niemela and Hervinen are gonna stay in Finland again this year. Yeah, and, and is Oh is Nice was just finishing this year in college, right? Like he's playing next year with Team. Well, he, he's he's not signed yet because he can't sign. As soon as he signs, he can't go back to college. Um, but I think that was kind of the game plan was he was going to stay in college this year and then play it by ear next year. Gotcha. And everybody's all going up in arms. Well, if they can't sign Nyes, they're screwed. Well, it's not that he said he's not going to sign. He just wants to go back to school. Yeah, Good that's on fair. Him. There's no space for him on the team right now. Did you see this guy that um, the Raptors picked thirty third overall? It's um, I think it's no, I didn't. Coloco, uh, I forget his first name, Christian Coloco or something. I might be wrong there, but he's from the same town in Cameroon as Pascal Siakam, and he is seven foot one with a seven five wingspan. Jesus, that's huge. Dude is an absolute monster. And uh, he was their only pick in the entire draft, 33rd overall. So uh, if nothing else to watch with the Raptors, I would tune in just to see what a seven foot one person looks like against other basketball players. Is is that the same as Yao Ming? How, how tall was Yao Ming? Because uh, he was pretty massive as well. Like, didn't he tower over Shaq? Yao is 
Oh, come on. What is 2.29 meters? Also, that is insane. 7.6. Holy shit. I, I thought I remembered him being huge as well. Who is the tallest currently? Um, oh, okay. Um, so the tallest is Walker Kessler at seven and a quarter of an inch. So Coloco would be the tallest player currently playing in the NBA. That is crazy. And can you imagine a seven foot five wingspan? Like that's just, that is like him stretching his arms out is, I mean, like one and a half of me. Yeah, it's insane. Imagine him with a hockey stick in his hands. Oh my, imagine him on skates. That's like seven, <laughs> five. Ah, oh, anyway, uh, congrats to the Colorado Avalanche, I guess. Um, we'll have a draft episode. Talk about that. Um, see if the Leafs make any moves around that time. There's some things coming up now that the season's over. We can kick it into uh, free agents gear and signings and all that fun stuff. I'm sure everything will start heating up. Uh, the coaching roundabout is almost over i think almost all the coaching positions are filled there's still one or two out there yeah fedorov hasn't come over yet for the red wings <laughs> oh man have the golden knights signed one um yes they got cassidy right right i gotta go over the list again it's been it was all within like two weeks they all got fired and rehired so golden knights got cassidy stars got DeBoer. um panthers got maurice Oh, Trotz the big one was that isn't Trotz coaching. isn't going to Winnipeg. Yeah, what happened there? Maybe Winnipeg sucks, and frankly, <laughs> we are assholes. The, there was a lot of rumors that he kind of wanted to, a larger role, maybe not necessarily just coaching, like coach, assistant GM, or something like that. So I wouldn't oh, even yeah. be surprised to see him step into like a, a president or a general manager role. He's at that point in his career. Absolutely. Also, just to preface this, all of my, not all of them, but most of my stabs at Wheeler and Shifley are not personal, really. <laughs> Only kind of. By the way, shout out to uh, at LeafsFan1634, who tweeted out, Abs didn't blow up the roster and won the cup. Lightning didn't blow up the roster and won the cup. Blues didn't blow up the roster and won the cup. Notice the trend. Patience yeah. is key. The Leafs will win one soon. Hey, and it happened with Ovi. It happened with Pittsburgh. They kept their core together. I get it. It's uh, it's just the difference is, I mean, not to open another can of worms at the end of the show here, but the Leafs signed a lot of contracts anticipating the cap to go up and it immediately froze. And that is a position that I don't think these other teams were necessarily in when they had the position to run it back. Yeah. Like I understand patience, well, but they're, they are in a unique circumstance. Yes. And no, look at, um, look at the penguins. Um, kind of tight comes full circle you were talking about how the Bruins, like, is this the year they start going down type thing. Look at the Penguins after they won the cup in 
09. Man, what would that have been? 09? So 10, 11, 12. Everyone kept saying year after year, oh, the Penguins are done. Penguins are done. One with Dan Bilesma. Yeah. Percentage-wise, look at us tie everything in together. Percentage-wise, Crosby and Malkin, I believe, were about the same percentage of the cap that Matthews and Marner are. Like, yes, you also have Tavares, but it's it's not like no team has ever been this much up against the cap before. No, but there's like the percentage of the cap is like something that happens one year and then it gradually goes down as the cap goes up. That's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. And Crosby and Malcolm were signed to, yes, similar percentage of the cap deals. But as the cap went up after those years, that percentage gradually went down. The Leafs have been in a position where those percentages have barely moved in three years. That is what sucks. That's why they're stuck. And that's why as much as people can say, you know, run it back and you can't have these conversations. It's, it's gotta be at least out there. Like it's not unwarranted at least. No, and I got into a big discussion with someone on Facebook and one of the groups I'm in about this because he was commenting that, you know, it's time to look at asking Tavares to waive his new no-move clause because of the, like, his cap hit and everything like that. And it's like, no, that's not one of the worst contracts that's ever been signed. A, because Clarkson exists. Mm-hmm. B, because... Uh, Rick DiPietro, like you look name at Shea, it. What, look at PK Subban's deal. Contracts, yeah. But that contract, along with Matthews, along with Marner, was signed in the expectation that by this point the cap would be at least probably eight million higher. Yeah, at least. And if it was, the Leafs would have fifteen, sixteen million in cap space, and we wouldn't be having this discussion. No. Like it's it's he's still almost a point a game player for his entire tenure as a Leaf, being captain of one of if not the most storied franchises in the league, in probably the hardest market. Do you think, with all these accolades and everybody's been talking about it, um, Austin taking over the captaincy would that maybe take a weight off of JT? I definitely think it would. Um, there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, it's just a letter. You know, it doesn't really mean anything anymore. But I think it really does. It's not just a letter in Toronto. No, there's there's a lot of markets that it's not. And if I remember correctly, I think you could even see it in San Jose. Like when they took it from Marlowe and gave it to Thornton. Marlowe's play kind of changed. They took it from Thornton and gave it to Pavelski. Thornton's play kind of changed, right? Like it... By the way, how many times has a franchise taken a captaincy from the I, player and kept the player? That's, <laughs> until you said that, I was like, holy shit, they did just like kind of trade it around between those guys when they were good. Like, like, okay, we got knocked out in the first round again. Now your turn to be captain. Yeah, it, it, it definitely would. I think it would take a huge weight off his shoulders and signing him when they did, giving it to him and having him in that room, I think allowed... Matthews and Marner to focus on their game and develop without having to be leaders. Now they have grown into leadership positions just with how they are, how they play the amount of, of presence they have in the room and on that team. But it wasn't 
forced upon them, which can sometimes have very negative effects. No, I think that's a good point. I mean, we've seen, look, as whether you like it or not, when people screw up, we've seen Austin give it to them on the ice. Like we've seen him yell at his own defenseman or forwards for not being in the right place or not, you know, paying attention when the puck comes to them and not changing at the right time or getting him the pass. Like that, those are signs that he knows what needs to be going on. And, and maybe it is the next logical step for him. Obviously some things happened last time uh, they wanted to give it to him. Uh, we won't get into that. You can look it up. <laughs> Part of me thinks they were still going to give it to Tavares anyways. You think? I think I think it makes... It just makes too much sense that, oh, they were going to, and then the story came out, and they had to give it to JT. Like, it's almost just too good of a story. Mm-hmm. And he was too young. But, look, Crosby and McDavid were both made captain. I think it would have just been like a, you know we do it because this is our guy and we want to make, make him feel like this is his team. Some players are like, some players need it. And some players don't look at like Chicago. You had Taves and Kane. Taves got the captaincy, which deserved a great leader. Kane didn't, and it was fine. It didn't hurt him in any way, shape or form. Look at Colorado. Great leader. Asterix. The, entire 2010 situation but yes um look at colorado like mckinnon was there before landeskog yeah and they gave, the, they gave the captaincy to landeskog who was younger but just different players different everything right it you, you got to know know the room and it it clearly didn't affect didn't have any ill effects on the avalanche not giving it to mckinnon and it didn't have any effect on matthews not giving it to him so Yep. Uh, For I, all like we, we know, said, I think he's grown into it. Yeah, he might prefer to be a silent leader. Maybe that's true. But I mean, where we started with this is: is there anything that's going to potentially change the way that JT's currently playing? Who knows? We'll see. He's another year older this year. We'll see what he's like in preseason in October, November, uh, and you know, go from there. Maybe a full off season of restriction free training slash vacations after that nasty injury. That's true. They went right from the playoffs into a new season after that. Like there was no real break. Like we yep. we forget those playoffs were in like July and August. It wasn't uh, April, May, June. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, as silly as it sounds, that might be something, right? Like look at Crosby when he had that massive head slash neck injury it took him a while to get back to form and look at stamkos stamkos has had years where he looks like he could retire because he's fallen off and the next year he scores like 45 goals like the guy's just you know he can shatter his leg into a million pieces and then come back but it takes four years you know yeah so yep who knows okay well good good uh good episode good chatting with you Back to uh, back to office hours this week, so or this next three weeks. So hopefully we can get more than just a Sunday show going. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at Leafs Late Night and at JBean. What is yours again? Bean twenty five. At Bean twenty five, and uh, hopefully we'll get the rest of the team back. Everybody's been hard to wrangle. Tis the summer season. Talk um, about draft. Talk about free agency. And uh, happy Canada Day.
Toodles. I have an outro, don't I? <laughs> Normally. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Colorado dented the cup already. Oh, did they? (laughs) They did.